0: Welcome to the Top 5, each week I discuss my Top 5 Takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, the Southern 500. Hello, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Top 5, I am your host Connor, and for those of you who know, I break down my Top 5 Takeaways from the race. For those of you who don't, I take... Number one to talk about pre-race. Number two to talk about the first part of the race. Number three to talk about the last part of the race. My number four is usually whatever's going on in NASCAR. And number five I look forward to and make a prediction on the uh, next coming race. So it's a simple, quick podcast. It's meant to be about 15 to 20 minutes just to talk about one of my favorite sports. Hopefully yours too. And if you enjoy talking about NASCAR... Jump on my Facebook page, search the top five all spelled out, the the word five, not the number, uh, and you'll see the NASCAR Cup Series logo uh, in my goofy face and a Joey Logano hat. And jump on there and share with me your thoughts if you agree or disagree. We can just have fun talking about NASCAR. That's the whole point. Uh, lastly, also Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the top five. Uh, I post all of the podcasts on there, or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. I guess if you're listening to this, you're already doing that. So this week, the tour went to Darlington for the Southern 500. So here are my top five thoughts from that race. Number one, one. Southern 500 is a race that I look forward to every year. Uh, I don't know if NASCAR still considers it a crown jewel or a gem race. I don't know if they give out a ring for winning it, Uh, but they used to. I'm sure that they still do. It's a cool race. I love that it's Labor Day weekend, Uh, Sunday night. I I just love it. It was a sold-out crowd, which is awesome. However... They've taken most of the seats around Darlington out. I think it holds 40,000 now. Uh, And I got a little nervous. I, I know I'm a long way from South Carolina. I live in Michigan. But it was nasty, nasty weekend here. Gray and rainy. And I thought, oh, no, after last weekend, I can't take another long rain out or late night start or early morning start. I looked up the weather And it was supposed to be perfect. No chance of rain or very, very little chance of rain. Just a perfect night for a race. So I was so excited. And then, of course, uh, Joey Logano was on the pole, which is the best situation for me as a big Joey Logano fan. Uh, And before the race, all the drivers were talking about was the endurance of this race. Long endurance race. The old track really wears on tires. Having a, a car that can make it through the whole thing uh, is really pinnacle. And that really that test proved to be true throughout the night. Uh, so, without any further ado, they finally dropped the green flag, which brings me to my next point. Number two. When they drop the green flag and the fireworks went off uh, through turns one and two and three and four, I thought that was really cool. I wish more tracks would do that, especially uh, for night races. I know Bristol does it, but the way that Bristol is being such a huge stadium, they do it on the roof of the stadium, so it's cool to see. But you don't see it as the cars go by per se, like you do, like you did at uh, at Darlington. Uh, Suarez failed inspection and had to not only start from the back, but do a pass through, which was huge bummer for him, put him a lap down, but thankfully for him, a few laps into the race, it started raining, not very hard. I think personally, if, NASCAR didn't have egg on its face from what happened at Daytona last week where they didn't throw the caution and cars literally just slammed into the wall. I don't know if they would have even thrown the caution. I think they're being incredibly precautious because of that. Thankfully, uh, it was just a quick little pop-up. Uh, there was not, it wasn't really supposed to rain, but I guess in South Carolina, these things happen. They didn't even have to get the dryers out. They just uh kept the cars on the track doing um doing yellow yellow flag laps and the heat of the of the cars was able to get it dry enough to go back under racing. There was a competition caution at lap 35 at which every car came down and um and got tires, which was a theme. I don't think a car went more than 35 laps in this race without coming for uh, tires. I think the the uh, fuel window was 45 to 50 laps, but no one ever came close to that. Their tires were getting eaten up so bad. Uh, lap 79, the, the downside for the playoff drivers started with Larson. Looked like he was blowing up an engine. He said he lost power, uh, which would have been the second week in a row for him um, losing an engine. Thankfully, I'm not exactly sure what happened. He didn't lose an engine, but he was definitely not competitive, but they sent him back out there to try and get as many points as he could. Uh, Also, noticeably, Logano's car just fell off. Stage one, he went from... um, First, a tenth, and maybe four and a half laps. Just You could see the tire degradation was so bad, cars that would be competing for the lead would just drop back in a matter of uh, a couple of laps. Um, The end of stage one, I think with three laps to go, Chase Elliott had a solo spin, caught Briscoe up in it. Uh, So stage one was won by William Byron, and... It was one under caution. And at this point, three playoff drivers had been involved in, a, uh, in an incident. Four, if you count Suarez, having to do the pass-through. NASCAR broadcasted or NBC broadcast did something kind of cool for the second stage. They did a throwback broadcast to have a, a Earnhardt, a Jarrett, and a Petty in the booth. So they had Dale Jr., Dale Jarrett, and Kyle Petty in the booth. And if it were up to me, that would be the normal broadcast from now on. I thought they were great. They were so much better than the than the normal broadcast. Nothing against Steve LaTar, but uh, Jeb Burton is really eh. And I can't think of the, the play-by-play guy's name, but I can't stand him. NBC is the worst broadcast booth, and it's not even close. Uh, and there really wasn't a lot that happened in stage two. It was pretty mundane. Uh, Larson did keep going, as I mentioned, but he had a spin mid stage two, just a solo spin, just, just a rough day for Kyle Larson. Uh, I enjoyed the non-playoff drivers throughout the field, not just up front. We're racing the playoff drivers every bit as hard as, uh, as they normally would which I had mentioned last week. Typically, in these situations, the non-playoff drivers just sort of ride around and the playoff drivers compete hard. And that will probably be the case as we get deeper in the playoffs. I hope this trend continues, though. I like to watch good racing. Martin Truex and Kyle Busch really going at it for the lead. Uh, Ultimately, Kyle Busch won stage two. Uh, So, for stage three will be my next point. Number three. Stage three began and there was nothing too crazy to start. Uh, And then, 93 laps to go, uh, Harvick's car caught on fire while driving down the straightaway. I'm not sure if it was some some brake dust that somehow got onto a, a pipe or something. They didn't really say the reason. Uh, Harvick's comments were something I'll play those for you later He was angry, rightfully so I guess But uh, it was wild But it came mid Caution sequence Mid green flag stops So um, It really shuffled the running order It really helped some drivers And really kind of Messed up the strategy for some others uh, the race for the leading Stage 3 was awesome. It was pretty constant. The 18 and the 19 were going at it. Uh, Denny Hamlin was after it for a little bit. Joey Logano's car got better throughout the evening and just kept finding a way up front. With 34 to go, though, Truex lost power steering. I felt bad for him. I, I'm not a big Truex guy myself. I, I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. He's a good driver. Uh, he's just not my guy. But I don't know if I've seen a year where more tough breaks have happened for one guy. Uh, And then with 28 to go, Cody, Cody Ware spun for the second or third time because Cody Ware doesn't belong in a cup car. And the oddest thing happened. During the caution lapse, Kyle Busch just lost his motor. It was from the lead. He's leading the race with 24 laps or so to go under caution and his motor just gave out on him. The fans in the stands went absolutely nuts and I'll be honest, so did I. It was a cool moment uh, for anyone that's not a Kyle Busch fan. Uh, So Eric Jones took over the lead. Uh, Denny Hamlin made it uh, very exciting right down to to the very end. He was almost to his back bumper i'm not sure if he would have moved him had he gotten there but i'm sure that eric jones did everything in his power to make sure he didn't but eric jones hung on and he won the southern 500 so the very first playoff race of 2022 started with a non-playoff driver winning which means nobody guaranteed themselves into the next round uh it was a huge win for eric jones though i don't mean to to diminish what he did congratulations to him i guess he told the car owner richard petty that if he won he was he wanted a hat like a richard petty hat that he's famous for and i saw uh, on social media that he got one so that's cool for him but it was a wild wild race for not just the southern 500 but for it being the first playoff win which brings me to my fourth point. Number four. The number of drivers involved in wrecks or incidents or motors or, or anything was insane. And it wasn't just playoff drivers. It was top tier, you know, biggest, biggest stars in this sport uh, having major issues and the top guys were having major issues harvick was beside himself here were his after he got out of the car here's what he had to say back at darlington raceway about to be 85 laps to go here in the race kevin harvick has made his way to the garage area man that looked like a scary fire any idea what
1: led to that kevin i'm sure it's just the crappy parts on the race car like we've seen so many times we haven't fixed anything it's kind of like the safety stuff we just let it keep going and keep going and the car started burning um, and as it burned, you know, the flame started coming through the dash and I ran a couple laps and then, you know, as the flame got bigger and then it started burning stuff up. And I think right there, you see all the, all the brake fluid that was probably coming out of the brakes. It burned the brake line, but the, the fire was coming through the dash. So That's scary! What, what a disaster, man. No, no reason. We didn't touch the wall. We didn't touch a car. And, and here we are in the pits with a burned up car and can't finish the race during the playoffs because of crappy ass parts. So to clarify, it was not an engine issue originally. It was a rocker I panel fire. Because I, I just stopped. The rocker was on fire for yeah. a couple laps. I just stopped because, you know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't see anymore because the flames were coming through the dash and I couldn't make myself sit in there and burn up.
0: Glad you're okay. Kevin Harvick is uh, okay in the garage area but not very happy. And, uh... I mean, those are some strong words. I know Kevin Harvick is no stranger to sharing his thoughts I wonder if he'll get fined by NASCAR uh, or if they'll just let that be. I don't blame him for being so upset, but he also doesn't know the cause of the fire at that point. May- maybe get a little bit more information prior to making such comments, but I, I guess that's why those comments get played on over and over and, uh, and the more well thought out ones don't. Uh Larson had a terrible day. He thought his motor was blowing up in stage one. Uh, he spun. Elliott spun twice. Kyle Busch blew a motor. I mean, these are these are the top tier stars of NASCAR: Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch. All having terrible days. Really, really, changing up the the standings. Really, the only higher up playoff driver to capitalize was Joey Logano, who is now the point leader, followed by William Byron, a name that we haven't even thought of in in weeks. Uh, Dennis Hamlin is third, Christopher Bell fourth, Tyler Reddick fifth, Blaney sixth. Blaney, who made the playoffs on points, is higher hasn't even won, is higher than, than all, all those other drivers. Then Kyle Larson, 7. Ross Chastain, 8. Chase Elliott, 9. Alex Bowman, 10. Kyle Busch, 11. And Daniel Suarez is currently 12th. That puts Austin Cendric, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, and Kevin Harvick as the first four on the bubble to be out. Now, of course, there are two more races to go before Uh, anyone's eliminated and a win cures everything. Uh, a lot of points can be made up. Kevin Harvick is negative 13 points in 16th place. So that can be made up in, in one race easily, if not two. Also Harvick is no stranger to Kansas and Bristol, which are the next two races. So I think he he'll be fine, but it was shocking to see. But speaking of Kansas, looking forward, my last and final point. Number five. Next stop and race number two of the 2022 playoffs is the Hollywood Casinos 400 at Kansas Motor Speedway. Kansas is an awesome track. It is my second favorite uh, 1.5 mile after Vegas. And actually, I, I should probably have done that. Uh, my. My first favorite mile-and-a-half track is by far Atlanta since the repay, Excuse me. Uh, but Kansas is awesome. It always has good racing. Always has exciting finishes. There have been some incredibly memorable moments at Kansas, like Logano getting into Kenseth, uh, Tony Stewart winning while running out of fuel. Uh, it does seem to be a fuel mileage race. Uh, there have also been... A lot of post-race fights at Kansas. I don't know why Kansas is such a heated track, but it definitely is, and it definitely gets the competitive juices going. Uh, If I had to predict a winner, I would predict Ross Chastain. He has been very good at at these intermediate speedway tracks, uh, and I think the only way that he's going to make it is with a win. Uh, so bet your house on it that Ross Chastain wins. If I'm right, chip me off 10%. If I'm wrong, you probably shouldn't have bet that much anyway. It's on you. It's not on me. You're the one betting more than you should have. Uh, and I did start this last week. I Each week, I'm going to predict my first four out of the playoffs. This will change week to week, obviously. Last week, I predicted Dylan Suarez... Uh, Reddick and Bell. However, I have changed this week. Based on uh, Reddick having a good running. I've moved him out. Uh, and I believe Bell as well. Christopher Bell is currently fourth. Yeah, they're fourth and fifth. Bell and Reddick. So I've moved them out. My new first four out is Briscoe dylan same as last week but now i have suarez and bowman for my first four out that's my guess i'm sure that that will change after kansas uh we will see how that goes before i go i do want to encourage you one more time please go to facebook search the top five the word five not the number Uh, You'll see the NASCAR Cup Series logo. And hit that Like button. I share my thoughts about NASCAR, not just the podcast, but any going on in in NASCAR I share. Uh, And I would really appreciate if you uh, left a comment. Let me know your thoughts. You can also find me on patreon.com forward slash the top five. I post all of the podcasts there as well. So thanks so much for uh, listening. I look forward to... Uh, sharing my thoughts next week after the kansas race this has been the top five and i'm connor